0: Now Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. And the land could not support both of them living together, because their possessions were so great that they could not live together. Thus strife arose between the herders of Abram's livestock and the herders of Lot's livestock. I have read that story from the book of Genesis, many times before. But recently it just struck me differently. I noticed how oddly Abram and Lot are depicted in that story. The author is clearly seeking to glorify them for having amassed so much wealth to themselves. Back then, just as today, the attainment of wealth was often seen as a mark of someone's good character, work ethic, and intelligence. Since these two men, and especially Abram, are the heroes of the story, of course they are being praised to the hilt. And yet, it seems that there is a big problem with their wealth. They have attained so much wealth, it says, that the land cannot support both of them living together. That seems like a rather odd problem, doesn't it? These two men have become so rich that the maintenance of their wealth exceeds the capacity of the land to bear. I mean, can you imagine such a thing? Can you imagine the very idea of somebody becoming so wealthy that the very possessions that they have hoarded to themselves are having a negative impact on the environment? Can you imagine someone that had become so rich that feeding their ever-growing wealth by, I don't know, fueling up planes and trucks to carry out overnight deliveries, running countless internet servers and networks, running massive warehouses, that constantly feeding that never-ending engine of pure wealth creation can burn something like 51.17 metric tons of carbon in one year? Can you imagine the land not being able to bear that? And then there is the question of who suffers the greatest impact from that kind of massive footprint upon the land. Is it the wealthy who pay, or is it somebody else? These are difficult and subtle questions that we would hardly expect the Bible to answer for us let's just take a look at the story of these two extremely wealthy men and see what it might possibly teach us. This is Retelling the Bible. Episode 6.19 Herder versus herder. It was still dark when Eleazar, the man in charge of all of Abram's herders, came to rouse his men from their sleep. As you can well imagine, they were not particularly happy to be getting up so early. They had worked hard and long hours the day before, and so they did not hesitate to groan and curse at Eleazar as he shouted his orders at them. But despite the darkness of their mood, they still stirred. And quickly gathered their things so that they could get to work because they understood what was at stake. They knew the reason why the previous day had been so very exhausting. All day it felt as if they had been just a few steps behind their most hated enemies, Lot's herders. Somehow After they had all finally gotten all of their cattle assembled and ready to go in the morning, when they arrived at the local well, they found that Lot's men had already been there for an hour. They had already removed the great stone that rested on top of the well and dipped in their buckets to water the beasts. The great stone placed on top of any well had always served to make sure that the water of that well was fairly shared among all the herders in the area since it was too heavy to be moved by only one or even several men the workers were forced to wait until every flock and herd in the area had gathered and they would Heave and hoe together to open the well. This helped to ensure that the precious, limited resource of the fresh water was shared equally among all who needed it. It was how things had been working for centuries. It was surely how Yahweh intended for things to work. But recently, Lot's men had realized something. Lot's herds had grown so large, and his workforce of herdsmen and slaves with it, that they actually had enough men to open the well themselves. And that was why things had been so very frustrating the previous day. Abram's men arrived to find that the others had already so drained the well that they had to dip their buckets deeper than ever. The water, rather than being clear and fresh, was muddy and brackish. Both men and beasts complained as they drank it. As a result, Abram's men had spent much more time than usual at the well. When they finally drove the cattle out to the pastures, they found that they had already been picked over by Lot's herds with their huge head start. They had to go much further afield to satisfy their charges, and indeed, most of the pastures around had already been overgrazed for so long that they had already been feeling overwhelmed by the distances they had to travel. In short, everyone had been exhausted by the end of the previous day, and it made getting up so early all the more difficult. But they all understood exactly why they were doing it. Abraham's herds, and thus his workforce, had also grown as large as lots. And so today, they were going to beat him at his own game. Today, they would arrive at the well first. The men were mostly quiet as they moved in the pre-dawn darkness. Even the animals were subdued as they shuffled along, complaining only fleetingly when they were prodded or redirected. But one of the men... A lowly slave named Matthias simply couldn't get some of the thoughts out of his head. It seemed to him that there was something wrong with this whole situation. Finally, he couldn't help himself. He had to speak up and say something to his mate who walked beside him. Listen, Shammai, he said. You know how we all really hate Lot's herdsmen? Hate them? Shammai replied. I absolutely despise them. They are the worst of all people on the entire face of the land. They are ugly and boorish. And if any of them show up at the well before we're done there this morning, So help me, Elohim, I am ready to take on the lot of them with just my bare fists. I know, I know, said Matthias, and I know that everybody else feels exactly the same way, but I was just thinking, aren't lots herders just like us? I mean, They've certainly got the same problems that we do. They've got Lot constantly breathing down their necks, telling them that they've got to take care of more cattle with fewer resources, expecting them to make sure that Lot's herd, and the measure of his wealth gets bigger every quarter. I mean, it's exactly the same garbage we get from Abram all the time. So, I've been wondering, what if our real enemies aren't Lot's herders? What if our real enemy is Lot? And, well, maybe Abram too? I mean, this constant competition between the two of them to see who can have the bigger herd has resulted in this huge amount of cattle that destroyed the grass and drained the wells all throughout this region. And just look at the size of these herds. There is enough livestock here for every single one of us herders, and even the slaves, to have a small herd of our own. And there would still be plenty of them to sell off in the markets of Sodom, and then we could all live on the land and have enough without destroying it. Shemai had only gotten angrier and angrier as he let Matthias go on, but finally he couldn't help himself you had just better stop that whole line of thinking right now, Matthias, before I report you to Eliezer for impiety. Listen. If Lod and Abram have been blessed with many cattle, it must be because their God, Yahweh, has decided that they are righteous and deserve them. It is not like you were suggesting in yesterday's rant, because Abram pimped out his wife to Pharaoh when we were down in Egypt. And it's not because they're greedy. It is because they are good. End of story. And if we don't have our own cattle and need to settle for starvation wages, well, that can only be because Yahweh has chosen not to bless us. And let me tell you something. When Yahweh eventually decides to bless me with a huge herd, I certainly do not want idiots like you telling me that I can't have too many cattle because it might hurt the land. All right, now, you had better just shut up because we are getting to the well. We need to be on our guard because wouldn't that just be like those damned herdsmen of lots to pull some kind of devious trick on us while we're here? It seemed that Shemai was some kind of seer. As it turned out, Abram's herders were not the only ones who thought that an early start would give them an advantage on that day. Lot's men had also anticipated some trickery on the part of their enemies, and so had also risen even earlier. Even as Eliezer organized his workers around the great stone and every man was straining to get it to budge, the others fell upon them from the rear. The battle that followed was short, but passionately fought. Staffs were cracked upon many a head and goads flew through the air together with many stones. It was fortunate that none of the herders on either side were killed, though many had wounds that they would take many days to recover from. When Abram and Lot heard of the strife that had arisen that day, they were furious about the cattle that had been wounded in the crossfire. There was a possibility that two bullocks might not recover, and a pregnant ewe had gone missing in the midst of the melee. This had finally convinced them that something had to be done. And so, Abram and Lot met together one morning after breakfast to talk about solutions. They, unlike their slaves and hired hands, made a show of being civil and cordial with each other, though the hostility that fed their ongoing rivalry was just there below the surface. And what did they speak of? Did they consider, even for a moment, the possibility that they might need to scale back their continual need to have a bigger herd every quarter? Did they consider the possibility of scaling back on the whippings and increasing their workers' wages so that their tempers were not constantly on a hair trigger? <laughs> Of course not. Don't be ridiculous. All they wanted to talk about was how they could continue to grow their wealth without silly little things like discontented workers and limited resources getting in the way. The solution, as far as Lot was concerned, was clear. If the land could not bear all their wealth, Then, clearly, the land was at fault. It was time to find a new land that would put no limit on the growth of Lot's herds. I heard a story of some people on the plain of Shinar, who were trying to create some way to go all the way up into heaven. Perhaps that is what I will do, ascend into the heavens and find a new land. I will not let the gods set the sky as the limit to the growth of my herds. Abram had always been a little more practical, but no less competitive. Perhaps, was all he said, and perhaps you will find when you get there that I have arrived first. But that is all for long-term research and development. For now, I suspect, you will have to settle for using up the pastures and draining the wells of another territory down here. Let us separate. You choose what direction you want to go, and I will go in the opposite. If we separate, we will both be able to keep building our wealth. On a recent reading through this section of the book of Genesis, I was struck by that one odd phrase. And the land could not support both of them living together, because their possessions were so great. That, and the strife that it caused between the lowly workers of Lot and Abram, set me off on a train of thought, that led to a story that I thought needed to be told. Is that story a useful metaphor or parable in any sense that we might take and apply to our modern age and its challenges? That is something I will leave to my listeners to decide. That is it for this episode of Retelling the Bible. Please subscribe so you can get the next episode in a couple of weeks. And yes, please leave a review on your podcast provider to help other people find and appreciate this podcast. The theme music for the podcast is Ah Da by Kevin McLeod, and the mood music for this episode is Beyond the Horizon by Alexander Nakarada. It is licensed under the Creative Commons and can be found at Filmmusic.io Sound effects came from zapsplat.com You can contact me on Twitter at Retelling Bible on the Facebook page Retelling the Bible. Show notes for this episode have been posted at retellingthebible.wordpress.com I'd also like to invite you look at the new patreon site that i am still setting up at patreon.com retelling the and a very special shout out to my very first patreon supporter pinkaboo awesome to have you aboard and i appreciate you this is retelling the bible and i've been your storyteller w scott mccandless